So if something happens with you, Nick, do you have any recommendations for a new host? <laughs> yeah, well, we got all these guest hosts to choose okay. from now. So. so you're fine with one of them? Yeah, I was okay. going to say Matthew, but like okay. everyone at their company, I like Lindsay more. So. <laughs> okay, it'll be Lindsay yeah. then. <laughs> I don't know if I have the bandwidth. You should definitely pick Lindsay. <laughs> hey, Metalworking Nation, Jason Zenger here. As a wholesale distributor of metalworking products, I have relied on NetSuite by Oracle for my ERP system, and they have just rolled out the best offer we have ever seen. A couple things about NetSuite. NetSuite gives you the visibility and control you need to make better decisions faster. And for the first time in NetSuite's 22 years as the number one cloud financial system, you can defer payments of a full NetSuite implementation for six months. That's no payment and no interest for six months. And you can take advantage of this special financing offer today. NetSuite is number one because they give your business everything you need in real time, all in one place to reduce manual processes, boost efficiency, build forecasts, and increase productivity across every department. 33,000 companies have already upgraded to NetSuite, gaining visibility and control over their financials, inventory, HR, e-commerce, and more. If you've been sizing NetSuite up to make a switch, then you know this deal is unprecedented. No interest, no payments. Take advantage of this special financing offer at netsuite.com slash chips, C-H-I-P-S, netsuite.com slash chips to get the visibility and control you need to weather any storm, netsuite.com slash chips. Lindsay, you said at your company that people come and tell you big news first. Yes. So I got something for you after the intro music. If the sound of a machine tool removing metal gets your blood pumping, then you are Metal Working Nation. This is Making Chips, where we talk all things metalworking, engineering and design, production and tooling combined with business best practices, technology, marketing, news, and new media for manufacturing professionals. Here are your hosts. Let's make some chips. Welcome back to Making Chips. This is part two of an episode, Staying Married to Each Other and the Business. Yeah, I'm your host, Jason Zenger. And I'm the other host, the other guy. Fulner. The yeah. other guy. Isn't that yeah. a movie? Yeah. The other guy? The other guys. It's hilarious, by okay. the way. I'll Two be cops. the Mark Wahlberg part. <laughs> of course. He's in it, of right? Of course. You will. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And Will Ferrell. That movie yeah. is actually super funny. But anyway, so I teased at the beginning of this episode that I had some big news. And I think you guys gave an example in the last episode, Lindsay and Matthew, of people going to Lindsay first with brand Can I tell the big news? I think I know what it is. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Jump Can, in. Am I allowed to? Yeah. Jump in. You told me it was a secret. Yeah. Well, I don't care anymore. Nick's pregnant. I'm <laughs> Nick's pregnant. pregnant. I'm pregnant. Wait, your wife's yeah. pregnant. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> is that I what you're going to say? It is. Nice. It's insane. Congrats. Yeah, it's insane. Number four. I'm excited. They're always blessings. Yeah. I was done at two, to be honest. I think I've talked about it on the podcast. Yep. But now you when you four. shared that, you did want it naturally, just like everybody. You asked me if Lindsay was on speaker where she could hear before yeah. you shared it with me. You really <laughs> wanted to share it with her. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the other question is, I know, I don't know if it was the second or third, but you had talked to your dad about trying to get a paternity policy. Oh, paternity such policy. a funny story. Is that going to happen for this one? Yeah, no? no, I think it was with my first <laughs> child, Ellie. I was asking my dad because I was at the hospital with my wife and I was like, hey, what's our policy on paternity leave? 
And he's like, maternity leave? <laughs> and I was like, no, no with maternity leave. He's like, I think you're mispronouncing it. <laughs> and I was like, no, I'm talking about for the dad. And he's like, you're fine. She's the one who had a baby. Come back to work. So it was just kind of. And you know like, what? Dad, I'm going to take the week off and be with her. You know right? what, Nick? He's not wrong. <laughs> no, I know. We <laughs> give three days. Do you? Yeah. And so if they want to take a week off, they burn a couple PTO right. days or whatever. Yeah. But. No, it was just fun. Very progressive. There you it's go. Wow. I got a buddy in finance. Three like, days. He works for a big bank, and he's got like months off, many months in a row off. And I'm like, that's insane. Yeah, man. that's yeah. Cool I think Salesforce him, gives six months. Really? For the man? For the man. But let's be wow. honest. Who does the work at these places? Like, when does the work get? Done? I know. I it's mean, something that's else. why they're not in manufacturing because they don't like the work. <laughs> you got to like the work to be in manufacturing. So we asked you a question before we ended part one. What's more important, the business or the marriage? Well, everybody that's listening going, come on, man. Don't screw this up. <laughs> this is a softball. We have a two and a half There's hour a clear drive home. You better be careful. Two well, I got a follow-up to it, though. This that might not be a softball. softball. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, obviously, overarching the marriage is more important. And seriously, I mean, if you don't take care of that, you're going to have problems. But the part that I think I want to speak on is that there are isolated moments in time where the business has to take precedent. Okay, that's interesting. I like it. Overarching has to be marriage first. But we'll give you an example of like last week, we hosted our annual sales meeting and it was out of town. And we had just been on a little vacation and we'd been away from the kids and we were going to have to be overnight again away from the kids. And that was something that wasn't ideal, but we have a responsibility to the business and to our team members. And we had to put our family situation aside for the business. You can't do that all the time, but you have to make sure that you're taking care of the business. It's similar to like your children in your marriage, right? Like you can't right. put all your attention on the kids. You have to take care of your yep. relationship Amen. first, but there's times where the kids have to take precedence. Yeah, so I yeah. think it's a little bit like that. And you want to have the, a marriage with enough durability that like, if you miss a date night or disappoint each other or whatever, you're not going to crumble. Right. right. Yeah. yeah. And it's one of those situations where it's, well, don't just say that it's more important, like show me that it is. So Nick, you want to get a chip off your shoulder, don't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. Let's jump into that segment. So, Are you tired of putting out fires? Is the coolant starting to go bad? Are your cutting tools edgy or is that just how you're feeling? Chances are we've been there too. So we have to ask, what's the chip on your shoulder? So this is more, Nick, your chip off your shoulder is less work-related and more personal. Yeah, I'm going to connect it to work. Okay, good. Okay? Go ahead. Because I travel for my job, right? Yeah. And so I guess first I'll tell the story. The chip on my shoulder is allergies and restaurants and people not knowing how serious it can be. I almost died 10 days ago because I had a super bad nut allergy. And I was eating some French toast casserole thing that my mother-in-law made on my vacation. I took one bite and I was like, okay, I'm in trouble here. And... She's like, well, there's no nuts in it. And I'm like, I think there is. And since we didn't think I ate nuts, like we were really hesitant to go get any help. And the scariest part was I took an EpiPen and it did nothing because they expire apparently. <laughs> so I jabbed it in and I'm like, all right, this isn't helping. I'm starting to throw up and everything. I'm like, we got to go to the ER. So take me to the ER. They dose me up with epinephrine that's not expired and give me some Benadryl and steroids and everything like that. And it got really sketchy for a while. Like my oxygen was super low. I was just like heaving. I had hives everywhere. And it was crazy. So like, how's that connected to work? Right. When you're a traveling salesperson, it's even happened with you, Jason, before where we told the restaurant, yep. like, I have this allergy and people like just don't take it seriously. Right. And then we were at like an Indian restaurant. Yeah. I think it was something like, 
oh, he's got a nut allergy. And they're like, oh, there's no nuts. We just use cashew oil or something like stupid yeah. like that. And so. But he didn't tell you that till afterwards. Yeah. Till after yeah. I was already sick. And it was like I with this like, one, you were having vegan cheese, which I knew right off the bat is cashews, yeah. which. So my mother-in-law just had like a one scoop of you. sour cream and it was like dairy free. And so there's cashew milk that they make it with or something. And that's what we found out that it was. But the scariest part for me the whole time is I didn't think I ate nuts. So I'm like, what the heck is happening? You know, that just that uncertainty. But I got to tell you, a few hours later, totally feeling great. I'm back out by the pool. I'm enjoying a cocktail. It's crazy how quick you can rebound. And then for the next few days, I was just like, I don't know. I just really positive. Not a lot of stress because you get some perspective when you go through something like that. And you think, man, your life could just be taken from you at any moment. We have a core value at Zenger's. Our core values together is called Doobie Go Life. And we have three Bs. And one of the Bs is be precise. And this kind of goes back to like when you're managing things, it's like there's a precision in serving people food that is a life or death situation. And it's even in manufacturing, it's like, be precise. You might be making parts for an airplane and there's no messing around. Yeah, you can't be all willy-nilly about it. Like someone could crash and a bunch of people could die. Exactly. It's serious. So, And then the next day is when my wife told me, hey, by the way, good thing you didn't die because we got another kid on the way. So. <laughs> <laughs> so if something happens with you, Nick, do you have any recommendations for a new host? <laughs> yeah, well, we got all these guest hosts to choose okay. from now. So. so you're fine with one of them? Yeah, I was okay. going to say Matthew, but like okay. everyone at their company, I like Lindsay more. So. <laughs> okay, it'll be Lindsay yeah. then. <laughs> I don't know if I have the bandwidth. You should definitely pick Lindsay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's, let's get into it. Yeah, guys. let's jump back in. Tell us one of the other keys to success in managing a marriage in business. If you missed part one, please go back and listen to that where they shared some other great stories and great points. Yeah, I think we have been really intentional as of late of being honest and transparent with like what we expect from each other about boundaries with work. And I had the tendency, especially when I was in sales, to come home and like offload on him at the end of the day. This didn't go right with this customer. We're behind on this delivery or quality's not where it needs to be. And he was, Which he makes would sense. Say, right. He's yeah. The guy. He's, yeah. I'm like, <laughs> he could fix this all these things. Company. Yeah. I <laughs> joked it. in the first episode about the CFO and CEO shouldn't live in the same house. And we thought that when she moved, from finance to sales, like it would magically fix all our problems, which I think is a great life lesson. Yeah, it doesn't. And in some ways it was worse because she was customer facing and just like any salesperson, she had to deal with the problems and the issue like any salesperson yeah. does and should. And then she would come home and deflect that on me. So and, you'd offload on him oh, yeah. and he's like, okay, was very defensive about it. You just gave me, yeah. Well, not only you're being defensive because you're like, you're not leading well because I've got all these problems. Right. And plus, you got a, probably 10 other problems of your own that she doesn't even know about. <laughs> right. Yeah. And it was me just venting and offloading. Sure. I wasn't... Which is a normal response right. in a marriage. But in hindsight, I can see where that was maybe me questioning his leadership and questioning what we're doing. So and you so, were questioning my leadership. Well, oh, for no. sure. Definitely. <laughs> well. I could tell. <laughs> I'm trying to like make this real dramatic. Or I would bring up conversations. We have a weekly senior leadership meeting and... There would be kind of overarching issues in the business, and I would come to him outside of that meeting. He said, these are the kinds of things that you need to bring up in front of everybody, because then it looks like I'm bringing up all the issues all the time. And he said, the folks need to see that it's not just me 
bringing up these issues. They need to hear it from you too. And so I feel like I've really done a better job of that as of late of bringing those issues to the team and speaking up. And I think they have come to value my opinion on those kind of things. And I like to think I have a good sense on people. So a lot of it's just kind of people related and maybe they're not a good fit. you just brought up that example because like on the ride here, I was on a phone call with one of my cousins who's obviously a family member. He runs one of our business groups and we have this issue like, hey, who's going to do the follow-up for these open opportunities in the sales pipeline? And we're having some struggles, like people are stepping on each other's toes, making redundant calls, this and that. And I'm like, well, just bring it up in the sales meeting. He's like, well, you're the boss. You should bring it up. And I told him like, just what you said. I'm like, I don't have to bring up all the issues. Like you can bring it up and you can address it. And then I can support that and back you up and say like, let's find a solution to this problem. So it's just so wild that the example you gave was 20 minutes ago. Yeah. And he's done a great job of me and my leadership journey and helping foster that and what that looks like. And I do always have that kind of lingering in the back of my mind that, well, I'm just the boss's wife. And so I think that's helped me to put myself out there and to be a part of that leadership team and foster that. And they're all a great team and we've built them together. And I think that's part of why we've made this work is we've built this amazing team. We've got a leadership team of 11 and he and I can get away from the business and go on vacation when 10 years ago, we couldn't do that. So let me press on that a little bit too. It's funny, we did the chip on your shoulder segment and you just mentioned like, there's always that lingering doubt or feeling of like, am I just the boss's wife. I can relate to that because I'm the founder's grandson, right. the CEO's son, my brother's the president. So you get that kind of family bullseye on nepotism. your back. Yeah. And then sometimes we've talked about this before too. You get like reverse nepotism where it's like the bar's like so much so higher high. because you're in the family. So yeah. How do you feel? And do you think it's just like some, like a negative voice in your head that you can overcome and it's not real or is it real? And how do you deal with that? Yeah. So I will say Matthew has been a great cheerleader for me in that respect. When I have those doubts, he'll remind me of all the things that we've done together before we had this huge team and through all those high growth years. And I'm like, oh yeah, we did do that. I got a reminder of the sacrifices that she made. And And how quickly you forget. I think it's, if you're a decent person, you have the tendency to feel guilty about if we can be away or even being here and having the opportunity to do this. Yeah. There's a hundred and something people that are working their butts off right now on the shop floor in the field. And for us to be able to be here doing this, it's those little things. And I remind her of, and it's good to feel that way and it makes you human, but to remind her of the sacrifices that she made and that we made and that enable us to do the kinds of things that we do. And the other thing that I point out to her that I think is really important is I try to help her see where her best and highest role is. And like you guys did a, another episode where you talked about this a little bit with like people focusing on what their God-given town is and what only they can do. It kind of plays into delegation. But anyways, I try to help her see like, here's the things that only Lindsay can do because and that a lot of that revolves around being with our people, also being a community servant and public figure for our company, a brand ambassador and those kind of things that only she could do that. So. Sure. No, I feel that. Yeah. I think your point on the last episode is there could be a handful of employees at all of our companies that feel like maybe they're not using their God-given talents to their best of their ability, or there could be more that they could contribute. And that's something we always have to keep an eye out for. So, How have you all grown this leadership team, this greater team together from four of you to 150? And how do you see some of those analogies to, say, raising a family? Yeah. So Jason, we actually have one of our guiding principles says the old golden rule is treat people like you want to be treated. I actually changed that on purpose. So one of our guiding principles is treat people like you would want your kids to be treated. And I made that 
distinction on purpose. And I think it says your kids or family members, but particularly kids. I made that distinction on purpose because as parents, we obviously love our kids first and foremost, but there's times where you praise them. There's times that you discipline them, you get them back in line. And I think that really speaks to leadership in general, but obviously in a family business where you want to have that family culture, you need to be able to pull someone aside and be able to let them know when they're out of bounds and that this is not acceptable. And you also need to be able to really love them when they're having a really hard time. They're not delivering the results that they can and should deliver, but they just need some love and some grace right now. And so I just, I feel like we try to blend those two together. And I love that. Treat people the way you would want your kids to be treated. Right. That's really cool. Because that right. doesn't mean it's all... It's all love. Yeah. <laughs> There's tough love there, too. They need, And I don't mean to say that to speak to like, I'm not trying to be demeaning of our team members. I mean, I need this, too, sometimes. I need tough love, too. I don't want to be demeaning like they're children. I just mean that when you're in leadership, you're the steward of something. Like, it's your responsibility to... Well, that, like, nuance just causes you to kind of adjust the perspective of the golden rule a little bit. And I'm just thinking, like, say my son was of age to get a job and he was, like, showing up late or whatever. I would want that person to be all over him for it. Yes, absolutely. And, like, hey, let's go. It's not just like, uh, be nice. Being nice sometimes is the wrong thing to do. Right, right? yeah. So. yeah. I remember when we first started really growing the team and someone said something that really resonated with me. It says you have to love them as much on their last day as you did their first. So whether it be turnover, good turnover, bad turnover, you were excited about that person on day one mm-hmm. and you need to love them as much as you did on that last day as you did your first. So we've really tried to do that and give them the respect that they deserve. They all have families at home. They're trying to do what's best for them and their families. And we've had folks that have moved on. We have loved and it has really hurt when they left and wishing them well because they're doing what's best for their Sometimes family. they're our biggest cheerleader too. Yeah. I'll never forget. We fired a guy. You talk about tough love. We fired a guy one time. We gave him every chance in the world and he was just doing dumb stuff and not showing up to work, you know, those kind of things. Yeah. And uh, we had a politician come visit us. And, you know, anytime you do that, it can be controversial. Sure. It was on social media. And some people started bashing us on social media because we had a conservative politician in our shop. And this guy who we fired jumped in on the comments and came to our defense and said, mm. they're a great family. They're good people. Yeah. I thought, how best cool is that? Yeah. For, he's the best people I've yeah. ever worked for. Nice. Like, we fired this guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's, I think that, that's that pretty really awesome. really tells though. the story right yeah. there. Because you did like it with that. dignity and he left with dignity well, and he knew, and he knew he you fired respect. himself. Yeah. That's what my brother always says. When you let somebody go, if you're doing it right, they fired themselves. Sure. I know we're going down a rabbit hole here. Hey, Jason, what's the first thing you think of when I say the word setups? You're not making chips (laughs) and you're not making money. Yeah, exactly. It's one of the biggest battles that can hold you back as a manufacturer. Absolutely. So enter the lean setup guide from ProShop. Okay. What's that? This guide can help anyone, whether you're a ProShop user or not, but ProShop users have experienced a 50% reduction in setup time because the software builds these lean principles into their process. Yeah, so it's a totally free download. You can go to ProShopERP.com slash 50 and you can get your copy of the Lean Setup Guide. Bam. I want to jump in and be a guest host for a minute. Can I do that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Get ready. Get your warm up. I'm going to interview Lindsay for a second. So, Lindsay, I want you to talk about not the parallel between kids and the business, but more about the balance between kids and the business. I think 
as the mother, you take the brunt of that. I have to balance that too, but you definitely take the brunt of that and talk a little bit about how we balance that or balance maybe isn't the right word. And like, if we have to miss things with the kids, how do we handle that with the kids? How do you handle it? And because I think people try to set an unrealistic expectation, sure. especially moms. I see moms. Yeah, they put a lot on their shoulders. Try to hold themselves. And then they see people on Instagram that are doing this and they don't know what's going on behind the curtain there either. Yeah, it's sure. probably a- Yeah, yeah. What do you say to that? Yeah, well, I started out being the Instagram mom and throwing the big parties. And I quickly found out that that is insane and not, <laughs> <laughs> it's not sustainable. <laughs> I did it for Charlie's first birthday. And then after that, I said, I am never doing that again. Yeah. yeah. Now you just have to explain to the other kids, like, I love you just as yeah. much. But yeah. your party's gonna suck. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Roman. I think it was just like had a couple balloons, but yeah. he is loved just as much. There so. you go. That's and that's awesome. part of it too. I think as a mom in general, they say what comparison is the thief of joy. So like yeah. I've like really tried to not live my life like that because you can just let it eat yourself alive. But in respect to the boys, so Charlie is nine, Mason is seven, I'm both going into fourth and second grade, and then Roman is two and a half. So we're getting into all the school activities. We're playing baseball and wrestling and football. And I think the society we live in is if our kids could be playing a sport every second of every day, they would probably let them, which is not the life that we want for our kids. Our traveling. Yes. At, yeah. it is just old. It's just insane. Absolutely insane. Yeah. They need so, to be kids too. They right. Need to yeah. Make yeah. a fire and clean a fish. And, they need yeah. to go get dirty <laughs> in the woods behind the house. Exactly. And, yeah. So with that being said, our kids are still involved in the league sports and we've just from the beginning, it's not realistic. Like we're not going to be able to make everything like we have commitments to our team members. We have 150 people that depend on us and there's going to be a time or two where we're not going to make the baseball game. And we've had board members and they can say, oh, I'm just so proud at the end of my career. I never missed one of my son's games. And we thought, okay, that's how we need to be. And then I thought, he wasn't the man. He worked for the man, so he could yeah. do that. And sure. he's probably full of crap a yeah. little bit. Yeah. <laughs> he probably missed one. <laughs> but, yeah, or someone tells you, I never missed one of my kids' games. And my first thought is, okay, compared to what? Like, right. compared yeah. to you didn't sit in a bar or yeah. you didn't mow the lawn? Like, yeah. what are you trading? I'm not trying to minimize, like, missing the kids' stuff. Like, that's... Yeah, and we don't miss a lot. We miss yeah. very, no, very And it hurts yeah. when we do, but... I agree with you. It's when you try to get into that comparison game, that's where you start going down that wrong route. Because... Yeah. Everybody is different. And exactly. As much as I don't want to be a travel sports parent, it's not my place to say that that's wrong either. Right. Well, yeah. She used to get upset with me when I would come home late, having evening meetings. And I think one time I really put it in perspective for her. I said her dad was a UPS driver and he didn't get home until... 6.37 every night. He yeah. ate, he warmed up leftovers. He never hardly ate, ate meals with you guys. Yeah. I'm like, how is that any different? I mean, he had a commitment to do. Yeah. His she job, never sure. resented him for that. No, like, not no. once. Yeah. It was just life. Or somebody that travels for work. That's just what the kids are used to. Yeah. And I don't think that that's a good way. You need to be able to have dinner with your family as much as you possibly can. But there's a sentiment of just make sure you're setting expectations correctly. Right. Make sure you're communicating when yeah. those kind of things are going on. Well, that's what we do with the boys. That's what my wife asked for. Matthew, yeah. We'll sit Charlie down and say, or Mason, whoever it is, and say, buddy, like, I'm so sorry. I cannot be at your game tonight. I've got X, Y, Z. And this customer is dependent on us. This employee is dependent on us. Yeah. First of all, if I make a commitment to them, I keep my commitment. So if the boys' game's on my calendar, I will never schedule something. Yeah, that's cool. What I tell them, and our oldest is getting old enough to understand this, I say, however, if I've already made a commitment to someone else and your game gets rained out and moved, I'm going to keep the commitment I already made. And so I'm teaching them about keeping your commitments. Yeah, that's and awesome. so I think that's the way I try to frame it up yeah. anyways. Yeah. 
And I think we're bringing them into the business. Charlie's now coming and cleaning chips on a Saturday morning. Nice. With, with yeah, his just dad. like that. There you Did go. Did that for the first time back in December, which was a really cool moment. I remember he walked into the house that morning after being in the shop and he walked in and the smell, I thought, oh my gosh, this is what your dad smelled like when he used to come home from <laughs> yeah, work nice. when he was still working in the shop. And it's nice. like how familiar that is. That, yeah, Cutting, I know that smell. Cutting fluid yeah. and <laughs> welding smoke. Yeah, I know. I can smell it right now. Yeah. Smell. Yeah. Smells like money. But I try and bring them to like team meetings when we've got all of our folks in the room. We just celebrated a million man hours, lost time. time injury. And so I brought them in that morning and we had confetti and silly string. Nice. And so they got to see that. So we're laying the groundwork for them to show them like what this business is and all about teaching them to use the talents that God gave them. And hopefully that'll be with our business. If it's not, that's okay too. But just showing them well, what the special thing is. And I think Matthew has, has said this a couple times. He's like, when I'm having some guilt about it, he'll say, how awesome is it going to be when our boys are grown and see what we've created with this business, with the help of our team? Well, it's not just Matthew and I. And how proud they can be and say, man, mom and dad were really around for a lot. Yeah. And did this All things thing. considered, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Sure. Well, so like while you're talking, I I have a thought about like one of the coolest things about your family is that Matthew told us last night you were adopted and then Roman, your youngest, you've adopted. And then you also said that your business has grown organically and through acquisition. And so the parallel here is you're bringing like new businesses into your family business and having to integrate them. You're bringing a new child into your family and having to integrate that. And you know from firsthand experience how that works. So is there anything that you guys do to intentionally integrate the new acquisitions or the new businesses that you're launching into that culture where you talked about like guiding principles and things like oh, that? Oh, absolutely. And how does that parallel with your family? Too? I love that so. analogy. I'm not calling our adopted children. Yeah. Yeah, we're very intentional about that. I mean, that'd be a whole episode in and of itself. But yeah, well, we'll save that for when you guest us. We have yeah, a checklist go. that idea. we go through, but culture integration, big part. Yeah, big part of it. Yeah, that's a good question. Let's save that for. Yeah, no, episode. seriously, let's I not like do it. it now because you're going to yeah. guest host in the future, and let's have that pegged that like integrating yeah. new businesses you know, into your be culture fun is to bring somebody on as a guest that was on the other side of oh the, sure the table. they were acquired yeah the acquiree yeah sure no, get their good. perspective on yeah. what that's yeah like yeah like so one of the employees from one of the businesses you've acquired and like what they know would be a really cool episode yeah that'd be fun so it's not will be it's going to be yeah there you go 100% well guys truly it's been such a pleasure to get to know you both better we had such a good time last night over dinner breaking bread having some drinks I mean it was a good time and you guys are an inspiration as a husband and wife running and managing and growing power company Yeah, exactly. So it was great. I appreciate everything that you have helped to equip and inspire the Metalworking Nation. And there's going to be more to come. We might have some more special announcements in the future with the Knicks companies and with Matthew as a guest host. I think the Metalworking Nation is going to be really excited about it. Yeah. So if you were inspired today, like just from what you heard, please share it with another one of your manufacturing leader peers, especially someone who could relate to this. Anyone who's in business with their spouse. Yeah, that's our currency. That's how you tell us thank you is by sharing this episode. Yeah. And then if you're listening on Spotify, or Apple iTunes or whatever podcatcher you're using. Give it a rating and a review and let us know what you think. There you go. So I'm going to let you two end the show with our final sign off. So see how you do. You ready for me? Yeah, we're ready for you. So the initiation. uh, So if you two could, can you just close out this episode for us? Yeah. If you're not making chips, you're not not making money. Bam. Bam. (laughs) 